Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other through huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there is huge curiosity surrounding these topics, and we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared, and we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of corrections. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> From uniforms to uniforms. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Getting ready for another lockdown. I know. <laughs> Homeschooling. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we've had some obstacles this morning with the home. Sharon's daughter's homeschooling. My kids are homeschooling. So we'll, we'll see if this even works, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, so today we are so excited to have John and John's last name is <laughs> Archambault. Yay, thank you, John. Archambault. I was like, what's your, how do I say your last name? He said, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so thank you so much for being here, John. John and I, John and I met about a year ago uh, through the sheepdog call that Carl McPhee was putting on that I just happened to see and jump on. And, uh, and John and I have uh, been really, really close ever since then. We've got to meet each other in person a couple of times and uh, we've worked on a few projects together. So um, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for you. having me. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are, we are very excited. There's so many cool people coming up on the podcast, but I was like, we got to get John on first. Let's get him on. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you, John. Tell us uh, why you're so exciting. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I'm exciting. I think I'm a normal guy by all means, but uh, um, so I, I served my country, I think for 11 years plus. Um and I did then uh, with, the, with the military, some part with a special force. And then I did policing for uh, four years until I, I kind of broke down. And I think I think that's that's the main subject here, right? Um, and not that I'm broken. I think it's more uh, I faced a wall because life uh, showed me signs over and over and over. And I kind of avoid them for so long that, um, you know, I, I hit the wall at 200K an hour, uh, which... which uh, screw my life, I guess, at some point, right? So I'm off work now for over a year and so on. Uh, therapy, treatment, medication tryout, journaling about how life is, uh, trying to figure it out how, uh, how the brain function. And I mean, between therapy, trying to reconnect with my family, because I find that I, I, I give I give it out to work for so many years that uh, uh, I, I don't recall, I mean, the last four years of my life, by all means. But um so yeah, so trying to get back into normal life via therapy, trying to figure it out what, what I like to do, because I guess I totally forgot, and, and dealing with the daily demons that, that we have. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where I'm at right now, right? The joy of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That distraction piece is so big. I remember like the like you forget the years. You forget yep. what you're doing. You're just so on that like autopilot 
going forward. Okay. So let's start from when you like, what year did you enlist in the military? Is that how I say it? Enroll, enlist? Yeah. yeah. Enlist, enroll. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I think enlist is more American, but enroll is the same. It doesn't matter. Right. When I joined, yeah. right. Um, I joined in nine, 19 years old. So it was 2005, six, around that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, which, which uh, it was in my small, small town in Quebec. Um, back then, obviously, I did not speak any word of English whatsoever. I think I, I was able to say toaster. Peanut butter is the second one. Toaster is There was the, ex- oh, I mean, the F word, right? Because right. swearing and swearing can be used for everything, you know, adjectives <laughs> and so on. So, yeah, so... So th- this is when I joined. I had no clue how the military was, by all means, right? Uh, my 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 parents are truly against the military and I mean separatists and whatnot. So it was a kind of a eye opener to 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 case the world differently. Um, so joined the military, did did the uh, first course in, in Quebec, and then was moved to Ontario. So I would say so this. Can I can I ask you what what drew you to the military? Why did you at 19 years old? And yep. your parents are against it. What drew you there? What? Why? Okay. So, first thing first, I I studied in Brazil and Porto Alegre, which is uh, third biggest city in Brazil. Um, my study was in communication. So when I came back to Canada, it was not recognized. Oh. Okay. Uh, so when I reconnected with all my friends, I had traveled for over a year. They had all, and the other end, they had all their girlfriends, cars, apartment, and I had truly nothing beside my ex- life experience. So, and I did not want to go back to university after I did mine and it was not recognized. Um, meanwhile, um, I always enjoyed the, 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 the brain aspect that is social work, that psychology and so on, because both my parents are psychologists, um, but they are well known in various countries in their field and um, well, in the French side, because obviously they don't speak English, but um, that said, I did not, did not want to be in the shadow. So I decided to take a totally different role, um, still helping, right? Because serving is kind of a form of help towards the country if, if there's anything. So that was that was the goal. Um, I just did not know what I signed uh, for right yeah. at that time. <laughs> Uh, and it, it was like the fourth or fifth years that Afghanistan was up. So, uh, they, they were hiring people like nonstop. So I got lucky. I signed in the bottom of the paper a month later, I was on a course. And then, um, three months later, I was, I would never live in Quebec again. Right. So this year, it's actually funny. Cause we talked about that. Me and my wife, this year marked the year that I live more outside of Quebec than in it. Ooh, uh, wow. yeah. And I, and I did. And the funny part is, and my, my wife does not speak French. Right. So, um, so my kid is more English than French, if there's anything, but I did an interview yesterday at the radio and, um, it was a French interview and I couldn't find my words. So I had on another screen, all the words translated. If I searched for them, like PTSD, what is PTSD in French? I'm like, oh, I need to Google it. So after an hour prior, I was Googling all the words and, and making a, a word, uh, doc to know what, what to say properly. Cause I couldn't figure it out. Uh, but yeah, so. So moved out outside of it. I, I think I've been posted, like I moved o- around 12, 10, 12, 10 times at least before leaving the military. And, uh, um, and then I did my time uh, in, in the policing. So we moved from Ottawa 
to Calgary. Um, no reason specific why I joined the police of Calgary. Uh, I applied to RCMP. Um, at that time, Ottawa were not uh, hiring and so on. So there you go. Like There was an opening for Calgary, and I applied. I mean, to me, serving the community that is on the East Coast, West Coast, Central, it didn't matter. You serve the country, right? Uh, the community at that point. So that was the goal, to be closer to people and, and to see actually more the result. Um, actually, that, that's what I thought that I would see, the result. And, and I realized that because of judicial, judicial system, because of how it works, because of policies, we don't really see what's going on, right? Even as a police officer, we're more... I find that sometimes we're more a really expensive Uber who drive people who do crimes to, to jail. And it sucks to say, right? Because you wish it would be different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's and, the reality. And Sharon and I can totally relate to that, right? Because we yeah. see, we always saw the same 200 girls. There's like 120 beds, but it was the same 200 girls rotating through every couple of years just going like oh i thought we i thought we did, went through this what do you mean mm. you're back here and they're mm. like oh but it's so crazy i, I was writing a, a blog this morning about mental health because uh, i want to put it up on the website but i was talking about like because i used to smoke and drink like quite a bit yeah. and i found out i was pregnant i couldn't smoke and i couldn't drink so i replaced it with walking and yoga but the second i had my baby it was smoking and drinking. Like, yeah. remember Sharon brought wine yeah. to my labor. Sharon <laughs> brought wine to the hospital and we drank it in the hospital. When I, but it, it's interesting how you go back to those those things, right? And mm -hmm. and then I expect inmates to not do that when they get out of prison. Like, don't go back, don't go back. But there I am doing the exact same thing. And I'm a yeah. pro-social law-abiding citizen, right? So yeah. um yeah, I can I we can totally relate. We to can that. relate. Absolutely. <laughs> Simple because you're comfortable in it. Right. right. As shitty as it is. Uh, and it's like uh, abusing a relationship, right? Uh, the, the person knows what's going to happen or, or not even abusing. I mean, every, let's say a relationship that you don't grow in it, right? You know, what's going to happen. If your spouse um, comes back home, drink and whatnot, well, you know, it's shitty. Yes. But you know, what's going to happen. Therefore it's kind of comfortable, a bad mm -hmm. comfortable, but it's comfortable. Because, um, because breaking that circle hurts. Right, because this is everything you have known forever, or whatever you got the routine of, and and then you break that circle, and then you have to readapt, readjust, re 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 re. Right, mm -hmm. but there's there's a negative to that aspect too, because there's negative on both. Right, you don't grow if you stay in the same crap, mm -hmm. but if you keep getting out, I can tell you, I, I've been taught by my parents to never get comfortable, so I always switch, 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 switch. Right. Um, and, and now the issue is is and uh, is I don't feel home anywhere. Right. I have, I have none of that feelings. I don't feel comfortable, um, which I think with PTSD would be so great to have a home. Right. So I could feel safe there. Um, versus, versus now, like at the beginning of that diagnosis, I realized that I was looking at, uh, on the top of my window in my office and, and I was looking at cars. I'm like, okay, this car is a fucking different car. I'm going to take the plate because I don't see a car. Right. Um, and I would keep track. I had a spreadsheet of every dumb plates that goes through, uh, which was kind of a paranoia, right? Mm -hmm. Because in my area, they're building house. So clearly construction guys will have different cars, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. 
know that, but but yeah. So there's there's positive into getting out of that circle, the growth and whatnot. But there's a negative as well, I guess, uh, and both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've never really thought of that. I always talk about like you know get get uncomfortable and get uncomfortable. But you talk, you're saying like. I never have been comfortable. I don't even know what that feeling is. So it's a constant that negative feedback place, right? Where you've never felt like this is safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it brings it brings your hypervigilance to, I guess, a, a yeah. different level as well, right? Because if, like, I know the city, I know the town. Um, I, I don't go often to Calgary besides for treatment. I mean, I go often every day because treatment is every day, but I, I'm trying to not go to Costco. Cause if I go to Costco, I think I'm going to rip my head off. Um, <laughs> but I guess everyone does that too. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but the reality is, is, is that is I don't feel comfortable therefore. And I think a lot of, a lot of people suffer as the same idea. I want to be on a damn Island, right. Yeah. I'll go yeah. fish hunt or, or put me in the middle of the woods where I have like, I don't know, 20 acres. I can have control of who enter my damn land and get the hell out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> now I'm, full, I'm fully aware I need to change this. Cause I mean, I have a three years old who's going to have friends who I might not like them either, but, uh, but he needs to have that social. It's just important. Right. So I think part of that therapy, part of that, that exposure is for him because right. I, I need, need him to have a normal life, which I think I had my parents offered. Um, but, but I don't want him to be hurt because of because I'm I'm hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they say that 75% of the kids of parents who have mental illness will develop anxiety disorder, which is huge, right? Because they never know when the parents will blow out, right, or, or will be triggered. So they feel like they they walk on constant eggshell, and that's that's a reality that I don't want for my son. My wife has lived that at, at the moment for the last year and a half working really hard i'm working really hard on it so so it tames down but i don't want the son to to live that for the rest of his life he's too young to be you know scarred from my mistake or for my my, my pain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's massive right like yeah it is yeah it's that's a huge awareness huge um yeah i'm i'm uh i'm excited for what is in store for you. Tell us a little bit about the therapy because you talk about the therapy and I know you've tried a different thing. What are, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? So right now I'm doing RTMS, which is repetitive transcranial uh, M is for magnetic S is for something else. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. If you, but here, I'm just going to say this because I've, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen pictures of it. You've sent pictures, you have pictures on your social media. So if uh, people want to follow you, they can follow you at Wired Differently. We'll talk about this a little bit more. Uh, But John posts pictures. He's very open about the therapy that he's going through and what's going on in his life. So if you are someone who is struggling with this and you don't know what things to try or what's available to you, I encourage you to follow him because he's very open and like, it's like a magnetic thing that touches your head, right? So you you can see the pictures Um, and I knew nothing about it. So... Mm Yeah. I've never, I've never heard of it either. So it's funny that you say that because this morning I had actually talked with my, uh, with the nurse who was putting on, uh, on my head because we used to do the left side because apparently the left side creates, uh, it it fights the, um, 
the neurons there are, are helping for the PTSD triggers, the anxiety and so on. Now the right side apparently is for depression. So I I'm done my six week for the PTSD aspect, which I still have triggers by all means. It, 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 it got better, but the right side is for the depression. They are totally different. So I'm going to explain it quickly. The left side, they gave me 40, 40 like shock, right? Mag magnetic shock on my left temple. Um, and, and, and that's in four seconds. So 40, four seconds, 75 times. There's like a break of four seconds in between. And it Can you feel it? Like Does it hurt? Oh, yeah. Do you, you remember when we were kids, there was those mosquitoes, you know, tennis rackets, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That, 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 that. That's the same shit. <laughs> and it does the same thing. Sure, right? does laser hair removal, so I'm yeah, sure she understands. It's the same like, thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> so, so you have the noise that comes with it, right? And the noise made me think of, uh, you know those big machines that they can look if you have uh, brain issues? or I don't yeah. know. MRI. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of same, same tick, 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 tick uh, that goes on. Um, and they want they start you at 80% and they want you to go 120%. And I tried at first at 100% and I was like, my left side of my face was shaking. Like I had to clench my jaw, and, and, but you get used to it. Uh, and, and the right side is actually every damn second for 18 minutes. Uh, so it's a long time, but it, it, it made me feel like a, it was a metronome, right? For the music, because it's constant, right? Um, this one is easier. Although you still feel you, if you, you, you become numb at the shock or whatever, magnetic shock, um, but you still feel your, your, your eyebrow going up by itself, the side of the face, and, and, and I mean, at, at first, I, at first I hated that thing because I, I have from people touching me right off the bat or having those, you know, those tents for the muscle to relax your muscle. That yeah, they yeah, use yeah. In the gym. Like Dr. Hose, like a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> so... So I had an issue with this and I'm like, I'm going to lose my mind. But the reason why they give me RTMS is they usually go to that field when medication does not work. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think also with this, the reason why RTMS is not talked about, it's because it doesn't bring money, mm. right? Once they bought the machine, it's done versus how much is, how much medication is yeah. really, right? Like I had four medication or four or five types of medication daily. So was it at least a thousand dollar a day for government to pay or insurance? Yep. Yeah, probably at least, right? So it doesn't bring money. So they don't talk about it. I'm pretty sure that that's all it goes, right? Um, same as a, a doctor will not tell you to uh, lose weight if you're overweight, but they're gonna tell you, take this medication, it's gonna help you. Or eat healthy, right? And sometimes that's, that's, that's uh, cause it doesn't bring the money. I think that's, that's why it's not talked about. That's my train of thought. So you you uh, did something before this, though. You had a, you did you do e, EMDR before this? I still do EMDR. Okay. So um, <laughs> so we try ART, uh, which ART was working, but not as as in depth as it is. Uh, EMDR is fantastic. I mean, for me, it gave me um, tremendous, uh, fantastic result to the point that I, I think about stuff that I don't even give a damn anymore. I get sad by all means. I have that sadness, which is normal, but I don't have that heart pounding stress and whatnot that relating those things. Uh, and you know, it's very interesting because each I've been to WGM, I've been to, uh, Calgary police, uh, whatever psych office uh, and now OSI. And I'm kind of glad I go to OSI the simple reason. It's not every office is a clinic who knows how to talk military chat. 
right? Mm. Um, I remember going to uh, one of those uh, office, which is not the W, uh, not the OSI, and, and I explained some of my trauma. And I remember seeing the psychologist having her two eyes round up like they were like toonies. Like, I mean, <laughs> what the hell did you see? And I'm like, okay, so this is not good. <laughs> I should not be traumatizing the psychologist. <laughs> so, and, and, and I mean, and, and it's fine, right? It, it's okay. But I think there's a different language uh, that first responder and military veterans have than, than normal civilian do does not. Uh, and it's not negative. I think it's, and it's not better or, or, or worse. Right. It's just different, right? Um, because your brain has been either militarized or like wired to go towards the fight, not running away from it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which recently what I realized is after that, that RTMS, my brain doesn't fight anymore. It flights. So this is why I drive fast. I'm not going towards something. I'm, 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 I'm running away. Right? right. So when I leave Calgary, I do my speeding aspect again, lower, cause I'm usually more relaxed after the treatment. But as soon as I pass the last light of Calgary, I'm relaxing and I'm on a cruise control at 10 over mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, I, I thought that trauma could be just, you know, uh, trauma is, is it was something that I lived into whatever action or events that I had. Now I realize that one of the trauma is actually a city mm -hmm. because when I drive in the city, I've seen as a police officer, I, I recall calls that I have been right. Uh, yeah. When I, when I enter a city, that city, I, I mean, it's right beside uh, the neighborhood where I had to fight my life, where freaking guy I was fighting took my taser uh, and tried to tase my neck. Right. So like, uh, I, I relive this every time I drive in or whatever little girls who got a bad accident or a mom who was so drunk that bit her child 63 times who was three months old. God. Right. So like, uh, and that's, that's, that's a problem. And I mean, like as, as I guess a lot of people goes through those, those, triggers uh, we also have sanctuary trauma mm -hmm. which for the longest time and I, i've heard from so many psychologists that they don't know what it is and, and truly i find that the sanctuary trauma is like a it's like an oreo right the, the chocolate piece are are the trauma itself right and the middle is the best part truly in my taste uh, and, and <laughs> That part is actually your job where they should take care of you and should, I mean, be there if you get a trauma. But then if you remove that part, it's not an Oreo anymore. It's missing pieces. And it's like a double dip because when you should have parental chain of command, whatever you want to call it, to support you in that trauma, and they don't, and they, they use it to against you, mm -hmm. then the sexual trauma exists. And then it's another trauma, right? So you double dip because of a trauma which is kind of insane and really unhealthy mm -hmm. right but um yeah i don't know where i'm going with that but this is where i'm at no <laughs> no it's, it's so good it's so good because i don't i don't know if we've ever talked about sanctuary trauma before we've talked about like um you know the culture that exists in you know uh, first responder places and sharon and i've talked about the culture that we were involved in and so have other people but that's so true it's like as soon as you're sick or as soon as something happens it's like just go away right like yeah. disappear or or they're like I, I what I called in when I had my significant um 
episode, I call it basically is like, oh, well, they were pissed off because it was Christmas and the doctor yeah. gave me a note for six weeks and they were like, oh, fuck, she just wants Christmas off. There we go again now. And like basically through it to me to say, well, now you fucked over everybody else. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. I don't know yeah. what to say to that because my doctor literally said I can't come for six mm -hmm. weeks. So, yeah. so making me feel like shit is not overly helpful in this moment, but go ahead. Or, or yeah. like, I remember sometimes <laughs> the officers would be involved in a traumatic incident, right? So somebody was hanging, let's say, and then, so they're dealing with that trauma and nobody was ever taken aside to say, are you guys okay? In fact, I remember, I think it was nine or 10 people, Lauren, that ended up getting disciplined, right? So mm -hmm. they had this trauma, they never were dealt with that. Then they were told you shouldn't even have a job right now. Then we're gonna investigate you to see if what you did was wrong. We're gonna be armchair critics and so th they have that as well added to nobody said, are you guys okay with what you saw? Because mm -hmm. yeah, like, uh, you know, the, some of the thoughts are still vivid and I've been gone from the service for, I don't know how long mm -hmm. and in any kind of journaling or writing, it comes up and you can, it's so vivid still like some of the, the incidents, the trauma, you could see the color of their skin turning as they're hanging themselves, ligature, like it's on and on and on. And nobody ever uh, stops and says, are you okay? Besides your teammates or your coworkers or whatever you want to say, right? And, and you know what, like you can push it even further. I feel, I felt like I was contagious. Don't talk to him. Yeah. Yes. PTSD, right? Like you're yeah. going to catch it too. Whatever you like whatever you, you cannot catch right? this why did i make a vaccination uh shot this <laughs> right you, I, it would be nice to have a, a ptsd vaccination vaccination yeah right yeah <laughs> but, but i think what she said is, is is good i mean they ask you if first thing for are you okay okay so let's be a, let's let's go for for a truthful here okay is not a state it's not how you feel right mm -hmm. okay originate the word okay originated from the military meaning zero kill okay right zero huh. kill so it's not even a feeling right and so as a person really wanting to know how you feel they, they just want to hear I'm, I'm fine let's carry on mm -hmm. um and i think that you don't have time to digest i mean mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember like as well hanging aspect um when it was done the, the uh, medic the medical examiner came the body gets away and, and then you jump, you do 30 minutes, whatever report, and then next call. So, so you, you don't have time to digest. First thing first, you don't because we're not enough people. Mm -hmm. Second, it's not in a, it's not in a culture, right? Like most of the culture, and this is where stigma starts. Ah, you'll be fine. Just go to the gym. Ah, it's, it's okay. We'll just carry on. Um, and this is when you start monitoring your, your own heart brain. This is when you realize that maybe it's not, maybe there's, there's, there's an issue. Cause I, I remember like the first hang I had in the police. Uh, I think I was in my first week of, of, of policing and, and it's nine o'clock. It's, it's a young kid of 17 years old, whatever. And, uh, and since I'm the new cop, they don't want me to deal with a mom who's just lost her child. Right? right. And clearly it makes sense. Right. Cause, uh, well, plus on top of it, my French accent might not be that sweet. Um, so <laughs> you don't come across with a ton of sympathy with that accent. I think it's like, no. it's a compassion thing. Okay. We get it. Go ahead. 
and, and the only thing I had in my mind, because I mean, it's still a child who hang himself. And I mean, it mm. was still warm when we walked on Oakham. And like you said earlier, Sharon, like I started to see the, the feet turning yellow and whatnot. And, um, and the only thing that made sense in my brain, because they were doing pizza night. <laughs> so I went to get a pizza. I started to eat the pizza beside the baby, the kid, right? <laughs> and, and, uh, and I was, I mean, that, that's what made sense in my brain, right? Like right. my brain was saying, eating is normal. <laughs> and then I remember my wife texting me on that Blackberry that we had from police and what's your night? I'm like, well, I'm beside the, let's say, call him Jack, Jake. Beside Jake, yeah, he's not really moving tonight, right? And I was eating my, and I'm eating pizza. She's like, okay, who's Jake? What the hell's going on? Jake is kind of gone, right? And, and what I realized and what we were taught in the military is just, switch off your feelings yes yeah. this is this is a switch turn it off and it was taught in and even in boot camp right i remember our sergeant uh they were all from the airborne uh the airborne um unit that was dismantled and uh they were all crazies <laughs> i mean you look in their eyes there's nothing uh, <laughs> <laughs> which was a good shock. I mean, I'm from like a psychologist family where they care about everything that you feel to shut up, son. Uh, and, and I remember running at 10 kilometers and there's that 46 years old surgeon beside me who he looks like he's 60 because life stress and everything. And he beat it, beat his ass. And we were running at our, I don't know, kilometer nine. And he beside me is hey, son, how's the run? And he's lighting up a cigarette. <laughs> And I mean, and we're running and I'm like, I cannot even, because I used to smoke too, right? And I couldn't do that. And he's like, son, this is a switch. If it hurts, you switch it off, you carry on. That way you don't feel, you don't have pain. So it, it was a culture of, of, of doing this. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong because in the war aspect, there's no feeling. You can't, right? You cannot, uh, but, but you need to talk after the fact, right? Like most soldiers, we all meet. Uh, psychologists upon return to make sure that we're okay, right? Uh, which I think I think is very brilliant. Now, policing or first responder, they don't have that, right? We have we have Tim Horton coffee, which is piss water, um, and uh, <laughs> I did see it. Um, okay, I'm a Starbucks fan, so you go. You do, you do, you do. Okay, just just so you know, Starbucks kicked off police officer from Starbucks because people feel offended from that. So uh, mm. I will go with Black Rifle Coffee or any veterans company we have ah, in Canada. Ah, yeah. Uh, what, that's the one. I just had a conversation with one. I have to look it up on my phone, though. Is it Arrowhead? Uh, yeah, Arrowhead, yeah. yeah Arrowhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. phenomenal guy. Great guy and great entrepreneur. Um, and but and yeah, I so love to shop local, too, so we have lots of good ones here. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's, I mean, we could go on. I mean, I, I think the, the coffee, coffee business is separated. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, like you said earlier, so you brought up the fact that I'm very transparent. And the reason why I'm so transparent, first thing first, I, should, I think we should not be ashamed. Right. Let's be honest. If if a soldier, our first responder, get uh, let's say lose an arm because of service, we all see him her as a hero mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they sacrifice something. Because most of us, I'll, I'll bring the religion. I'm not religious, but bring the religion. Saint Thomas had to touch the whole of Jesus, right? When he had his hole in his hands, whatever it is. People are Saint Thomas. They need to believe, but they need to see to believe. Uh, mm -hmm. Now. Mm -hmm. 
the invisible injury we we get with mental health cannot be seen and that's that's the big issue with society i mean not even uh, later than yesterday uh, i had an article done uh, from my hometown newspaper and there's that i would say mid 50s uh mullet wearing hat guy who, uh, who tell me that uh, I, I was looking for pity and uh in a year long vacation paid yikes and that's why I was I was doing this, and I'm like, okay, well, how do I respond? I'll be honest, right? The first thing I'm like, I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna drive down, quarantine 14 days, and find it, right? Um, <laughs> that way, I'm good with the regulation, right? Because I quarantine, but uh, but tr truly, this is what people are, and I think this is why we, uh, all of us, were advocating for for that mental aspect, so people understand. So it's not. It's not seen like it is right now. It is getting better, 100%, right? We, we've made tremendous uh, progress, but the reality is, is the stigma is still there. And the old dogs will be the old dogs. And if they change, mm -hmm. fantastic. I don't believe that all of them will. But us, as our generation, and then the younger one, are the one who's going to be, you know, the, the, the old dogs on the road. They are the one who has to change that mentality mm -hmm. um, and, and make it better for us. So speaking up front and saying to... Uh, to, to people that it is okay. It is okay that you, I mean, it's not okay that you have been not sleeping for 15 years. Uh, it is not okay that you don't remember your, your kid's youth because either you were so drunk or high or gun working or PTSD just removed those freaking memories. Um, it's not okay, but it's okay to actually look into it and say, we need to do something. Mm -hmm. um, and I talked to my psychologist and then I brought him in and I'm like, what would be the best for you? And he's like, I would love that a person after a trauma, if they wait a bit, it's okay. I'm, I'm okay with this. I would love it. Maximum they come after three years of trauma, right? That way I don't have 15 years of trauma to attack, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and because, because we all think we're stronger than we are. And, and I mean, sign me up for it. My parents are freaking brilliant mind person, psychologist. I should be fucking fine. I should be okay with, you know, figuring out, what my demons are and yet i did not and yet i thought that i was i won't say above i thought i was i had a control over that and it was not a reality so opening for this i think was fantastic and and for myself first was a self-therapy to do so self-therapy to write about it uh and that's where the book actually started it never my intention was not to write a book my intention was not to create clothing because I, I mean i'm a I work in retail before I work at Aldo when I was 17 years old. I'm a really shitty seller, uh, <laughs> but I know the measurement of shoes. Uh, <laughs> Another <but> skill. <laughs> there you go. But um, the, the reality is, is um, uh, we need to, to do better. Right. And, and that's just where it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And okay. So tell, tell, tell the listeners about the clothing and the book and the, yeah. And I know you didn't intend to write a book, right? No. It was just like part of the therapy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then it was a decision to be like, I need to share this at some point with other people or. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with a calendar date 
that way it's going to be very easier that way but okay. so 29 november 2019 i got my last wall it was done my brain was done uh and it really like started to go down so the roller coaster started to you know that deep hill yeah. um that you do the, the fun one uh but so <laughs> that has all the loops at the end of it about 75 <laughs> of them yeah good okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I don't see the end yet, but it's going to come. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I started there and, and because I served in the military and because I served in the city police, there was a kind of a conflict of interest, I guess, between the two service. Like one service was saying, no, no, it's military related. And the other service was saying, no, 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 no it's all police. And because insurance don't want to pay. Right. Now, after four months, I mean, I went through the loops. I went through the psych and, I, and uh, even the first meeting that I had at OSI clinic, which is from Veterans Affairs, the guy said, you have no, no trauma with the military. I'm like, well, I, I, I think I do. I'm pretty sure I do. I have done stupid stuff. So, um, so, so, so here's the thing. How, how, you were in the military for 11 years. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. 11 years. And then I, I've heard this story before, but tell people how quickly did you become a CPS member? Okay. Um, so I came back from Iraq 2015, uh, summer 2015. And when I came back, I applied for RCMP. Uh, RCMP did not give news for a few months. So I got a friend who told me, Hey, CPS is looking for people apply. So I applied two months later. I, I did all the tests at the end of that week that I was in Calgary. got told, okay, you're in the course starts April. Now the problem with the military, it takes six months for release, right? So you need to request because I had a 25 year contract. So I requested to release and uh, 5th of September, 2016, I was then uh, released from the military and the 6th, I started to be a cop. So yeah. it was overnight. I didn't, I didn't digest. And you know what? Like, I, and I don't know if it's just me. So I'm going to go with my own story. I thought I was strong enough to attack civilian life. And that was the hardest shit that I did. And the reason being is, you know, the military is very strict and it's fantastic. I like the strict. I've been in private school. My parents are believed that, that little boys need to be strict because we're, I guess, hyperactive. I don't know. Um, and uh, and uh, so I was comfortable in this. And that, that's a comfort zone, I guess, we can talk. But uh, I knew that the paycheck that I had, even if I did overtime, it didn't matter. Paycheck was the same. If I worked less, paycheck was the same, right? So I had an expectation. I, I knew what to do. Now, again, the, the civilian life where there's no map, there's no direction or little direction to none. There's no such thing as a black and white life, right? It's, it's, it's gray. And it's a very, a lot of tone of gray based on how you feel or you feel offended or whatever else may be, right? So it goes back to the military where feelings are kind of non-existent here. Your self-identity is, is not existing because you are a military member. So I, you're a part of the puzzle. So the puzzle is complete. Um, so we work together and if I don't like you, you know, and I'll tell you, you're an idiot, uh, but it's okay. Then, and then we said it. That's the truth. Shut up. We work together and we filled that up. Now the civilian life found that it was a bit different. Um, people were complaining right, left and center. And I was like, this is a waste of time. I remember in, in the course itself, um, one of the guys was wearing his gray pants and his blue shirt. And he's like, I can't believe it's so ugly that we're wearing this. And it's six o'clock in the morning. I'm doing my homework in the back of the class. And I looked at him, I shut the F up, right? Because it's useless. So 
<laughs> I, I love that about you though, John. It's just like, <laughs> don't waste my time with dumb shit. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. It's very, uh, like when John and I get together, it's like hardcore. We don't mess around. There's none of this like small talk stuff. It's like right to the nitty gritty. Right. Like the, I love that about you. Sorry. Keep going. But, and that's, that's what you want to get to, right. You want to get yeah. to the meat yeah. aspect, right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the French culture as well, right? Like mm-hmm. we're not, we don't play violin that much. And, and I mean, it's great. Cause I mean, I find that English culture is so proper. It's so great for this. And, and everywhere I go, Oh, do you want a beer? Do you want a coffee? Do you want this? And I'm sorry, if I don't like you, you don't get even in my house. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're going to know you're going to be out. Um, now it's not always proper. Apparently in the civil life, you cannot say those things. Uh, but, uh, so I, I had at first, and that is the funny part. So at first I got diagnosed with ad- adaptive disorder due to this, um, which uh, down the road was a misdiagnosis. Okay, um, so is this I, in the military or after? This all after. happened November, in November 2019-ish. Yeah, so okay. I, I got okay. I got off, and I, then I got I got um, a first meeting with a doctor, with couldn't even speak. Thank God my wife was there to translate my my bawling eyes uh and my son being like daddy why are you crying and uh so she gave me a two weeks off and then the next doctor gave me uh who's the next military from uk he's like yes yeah, you have ptsd i'm sorry to tell you this and i'm like oh that's great i didn't and it was a shock because i mean i was one of those guys who had those judgments i was one of those guys who was saying hell, this guy is just taking a year off, right? He was sucking off the money, or he just doesn't want to, he's lazy. So it was kind of, uh, I had embraced the culture of stigma. Um, so I started to buy books. I bought books about PTSD, about, you know, getting soldier one day, soldier forever, type deal, right? Uh, and uh, Dr. John Whelan, uh, or Whelan, whatever the accent you use or pronunciation, who's in, uh, is a doctor from uh, Halifax who actually wrote books about, about that, loved it. And then started to open my eyes. Okay, yeah, I have those issues. Yeah, okay, I have this. But I could not find a book from someone who suffered mm-hmm. or explain it. A lot of people, a lot of soldiers who write books, they actually talk about the war, right? I went to war, it was hard, it was this. And, and it's fantastic. I love the stories by all means, right? But I couldn't, I wanted to relate. I wanted to see and feel someone who feels the same way as I feel. Um, and this is where peer support started to kick in for me, where I was able to relate and I was able to um, mix in uh, this. And this is how we met actually, right? Because mm-hmm. I met Teresa Coulter and then Teresa introduced me to uh, Carl and, and, and it all you know, tumbled down. But so I started to write, I was writing poems. I was writing little stories, how I felt, because I would forget. I would forget where my brain is. I would forget my breakfast. I would forget, I mean, my name, I remember that, but uh, I would forget a lot. So then I started to show those writing to some of my friends and, and they were like, Holy f- I, I feel the same. I do the same. Like, you know, sitting in as simple as sitting with your, your back to the wall when you go to the restaurant with the perfect view of the entire room and you know exactly who's in, you know how many people there is, you know where the exit are if you need to run. And that's yeah. a simple, simple way, <laughs> right? And I think we're a bunch of doing that still, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, or like when you drive, I always know what the hell is the car behind me. So those are simple, simple things. But when I started to write, this is what I expressed. And then, and then I, I went to the dark side, the very, very dark side when even I think in the book, I did write it. I wrote about rage, right? Because 
anger is a thing, irritability is a thing, uh, and, and you know, losing patience, but rage is a different thing. Rage is when I think when you go to the black version, right? Like you, you cannot see clearly. Um, and, and I explained that I personally, and I mean, I wanted to kill that person who just doubled me in the aspect and I fallen him home. I think I was telling, I was telling Sharon this story the one day, that story that you were telling yeah. me, I was telling Sharon about it as we were talking about you. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, and then, you know what? It was funny. Cause I mean, if someone's following you, don't go home because they know where you live. <laughs> That's just my train of thought. Anyway, so, so, but I think it was important to say, and it was important to say, like, let's say this, those things happen, but truly it's not because we're dangerous. I don't think so. I, I, yes, we have tools to defend ourselves and so on in the sense of certain exercise and whatnot, but it, it's to say it does, it does happen. And then, I, I hate hearing media saying that, well, you hear more about veterans doing it, but uh, veteran, oh, they took their weapons and killed people. Okay, yeah, it happens a few times, right? Mm -hmm. But mostly the reason and what happened is there's 22 and veterans who kill themselves daily, daily in North America. It's huge. And I mean, police officer has been raising, EMS people has been raising, correctional, I mean, let's go, right? We can go with it because... Yeah. We don't talk about it because it's not taken seriously or there's so many judgment that people don't want to uh, take the time and not being seen properly and then uh, going to calls and being seen as, oh, okay, he's the crazy guy. Like, be careful. Right? And I heard it. I heard my coach, right, who coached me in the police, like, he's fucking crazy. Don't, don't, just be careful around it, right? <laughs> and now I'm the guy who's freaking crazy, right? So, uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. But, but yeah, no, uh, come on, come on, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you call it French, I call it crazy. Yeah, <laughs> my, I think it might just be the French in you. Like John, John and I will always message on Instagram, and then he he always feels I I know after he says it, he always feels like Fuck, I don't know if she took that the right way. So he always has to. I'm like John, I know you. I know French people. You're just passionate about yeah. shit, and and I I love that because it's always because uh, every time he sends something, it's always like there's gonna be a follow-up to this because they'll be like i was just kidding and i'm like i know you were kidding i love that about you because oh. yeah. you are you come off a little strong for people that don't know you or appreciate yeah. right like but yeah, yeah. no it's and, and you know what and that's and this is where the negative aspect right with because the, the military first responder usually are, are fine with it. they can deal with that right but i realized that with my neighbors which uh they're good they're very good people i love them um but at one point they some of them i stopped seeing and it's not necessarily in, uh, in uh, alberta but it, it's a back home as well because i would just say what i think and and i think that if i respect you enough i'll tell you what i think because you will respect what i would say and i would expect the same if you tell me that what i've done is totally dumb you're probably done right that i'm done doing something i mean my wife telling me like when she read, read the message and say you were driving 50 over i'm like yeah you're stupid i guess she, she just told me straight up and I'm like, she's like, if you die, your son is, is, you know, fatherless. Um, and, uh, so calling out people is not necessarily negative, right? I mean, there is obviously a way of doing it that sometimes <laughs> I miss, but, uh, but I, I think it's very important to express it. And then that way there's no, there's no, uh, I'm offended. Why, why, why are you offended? Because I don't have the same view as you. That's okay that we don't have the same view. I mean, we, we'll chat about it. And if I can grow with your opinion and grow with mine and so on, we're better humans then. But, uh, mm -hmm. but society is, is kind of changing their, uh, their ways right now, I think. <laughs> I mean, we, 
we all are, are all in a different spot, right? Especially with COVID and how we feel. And um, we, we're trying to find something we can control in a very uncontrollable situation, right? Yeah. So, and, and Sharon and I talk about this all the time too. Like everybody has their own shit going on that we know nothing about. So like mm. I can be really upset with people that are doing something against, but I'm like, they don't know. Right. Like, and because I'm, I'm a, I'm a police wife, which is Matt, like there's lots of things happening right now in the police world. And I'm yep. just like, I can go on the internet and just start, but I'm like, they don't know. So mm -hmm. I, I can't be mad at them for that. I can't, because honestly, I don't know a lot of things too. And it's not ignorance. It's just like, I'm just focusing on us right now. I can't yep. start learning all the things or I'll be nuts. I just need to make yeah. sure that my family is safe and that I am safe and that we're all okay. That is my priority right now. And my priority might not be learning, you know, all the different societal things happening um, oh. or why you think I shouldn't wear a mask or why you think I should wear a mask or all of those things. It's like, I'm just going to focus on the things that I can control right now. Yeah. And these are the things I can't. So that's where I am. And it's tough, right? Like yeah. we're in a tough place. Oh. But, but it's the right way. It's the right way. And I, I, I feel that. I do feel that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I should not care about my neighbors doing like, I don't know, if he wants to smoke weed, it's his choice. Smoke weed, buddy, if you want to be stoned. Uh, I might care if you start driving high, drunk, whatever it is, right. because it will affect my life or it affects someone else. But we should not be so involved in life of others. Why are we so into those those reality show now, right? Is our life so bored or bored or, or I don't know, annoying yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Like we have so much to grow within. Um, and, and that's, that's something that, I mean, I, I've seen people watching those, all those shows and fantastic. I think it's, it's brain, brain numbing at some point, but, um, and sometimes but, you need that sometimes yeah, that yeah. like, Oh yeah, you need that. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. So, so this, then, I mean, it's all, we all have that, that way of doing brain numbing, right? Like, I mean, um, I shovel snow. I mean, we don't have a lot here by all means. So I just go shovel to my neighbors, but, um, it, it turned my brain off and it's fantastic. I don't feel anything. It's just, and some people listen to music, play music, go in the woods and just hike. We all have our kind of exit, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, um, I want to talk about, I just want to talk about the book real quick because it's, available. You can buy it. I, I was so lucky and got to read. I'm, I suck at reading books on the internet. So we, I was part of the like launch party. So I got to read, I up to chapter six online. And then it was just like, I, I want the real tangible book in my hand. So I have it now. Um, so I'm very excited to go. I, I, I think I have to start over though, because I'm read it again. Yeah, tell us the name, tell us the name of your book. Uh, Operation wired differently. Uh, and for many reasons, Wired Differently is, is a, I pick up that, that kind of title for many things. So I think people who fight or goes towards fight instead of running away, it's because you've been rewired, right? Yeah. And therefore, it's not everyone who does it. It's a small per per percentage of the population who does it. Second, when you get mental illness, you're also now wired differently, right? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And, and we all have that war within. In a way or other, we all have sometimes traumas. It doesn't have to be necessarily wearing a uniform, but we all go through stuff. So I, I thought it was a good title, um, and, and it was just uh, what stuck with me. And actually, that's where the brand names is as well, because that was when I started to have the idea of the book. I, I wanted that title in. 
mm-hmm. and then well they, someone told me oh you should make a hat so i make a hat and then <laughs> so i just went on right um i lost but- my hat to my eight-year-old he wears oh. he wears it all <laughs> he wears it all and he always says and he so he uh john has glasses that are like um clear rimmed and my yeah. son has sunglasses that are clear rim. So the one day he's going to school and he pops out the inside of the glasses, puts on his wire differently hat and puts on his glasses. And I'm like, oh my God, you look like John. So I took a picture and sent it to Johnny. And at the back of, so I have like the green hat with the white mesh and the back of it is just like filthy. Like I'm like, you can tell that an eight-year-old has taken over the hat because it is just, yeah. So we'll, we'll have to get some more soon, but. Sure. Yeah. I have a bunch, still a bunch, but yeah. And, and you know what? Like the, I think the, the reason why I went the clothing aspect is because down the road, um, I find that a lot of people who leave the uniform realize that they have a lot of artistic side inside of them, right? Cause it's Absolutely. a door, it's an exit it's and so on. So the patches are done by uh, an actual member who's going to be released from the military. Uh, the, the design and the sewing is actually done by, uh, a spouse of an RCMP member. Uh, it's like the book, like the, the front of my book was done by a veteran. Uh, he's, uh, he's a fantastic guy. He has his own, uh, so, sorry and owns a business as well and he jumped he's, he's in victoria he jumped in the water 5th of february you know to take that picture like they yeah. had a warning that day that if you stay more than 15 minutes you can die of a poor term so he's still jumping in the water right? <laughs> uh, that's our people right it's yeah. like yeah it's crazy the, 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 the family brotherhood sisterhood the hood yeah. uh and, and it, it's fantastic but if we can and a lot of people leave the uniform look for that family, right? Because we find that there's a bond that is way stronger than than many other things. I can tell you that my bond with my brothers and sisters are stronger than my whole family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Simple as it is, right? I know that if I call them and I'm in panic, they will answer. It doesn't matter the time. My parents, not really. It's <laughs> difference. And I mean, it's not that they mean wrong. Is they cannot relate, cannot right. understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, the book came out um, two weeks ago. Actually, I just looked. I sold 103 books, which is, I mean, it's fantastic. Oh, wow. I would yeah. have never expected. Yeah. Um, and since I've been asked to have a translation and translation in French, I actually paid yesterday a thousand dollars to translate that damn book. Um, but. Uh, um, <laughs> The, the goal is not to actually, I, I don't care if I sell 100, 2, 3, if I can help one person, yeah. Yeah. golden. That's, That's absolutely. It. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, because I, I don't I don't think about the money, I guess I should think, because we're in Alberta and it costs extremely expensive to, to be here. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we don't do those jobs for the money. Nope. Uh, nope. That's I when I joined the military, my first paycheck was $532.65 for two weeks. Uh, I, I mean, and it's not a long time ago. It's like 18 years or 15 years or whatever it is. Um, so, and then police, uh, and I mean, correction officer, and I have friends who are correctional officers, like you are living and that's, that amazed me. Like ladies like, working in that kind of environment, it's threats. You live in a house of threats. That, that's all it is. Right. And, and you're going in their house where they have time to plan shit against you daily, which mm-hmm. is insane. So my hat's up to you guys because it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Um, and, and I mean, like same with the, the, I mean, police, firefighters, firefighters are good. Like, let's be honest here. They're the best one. And now <laughs> <laughs> my husband says the same thing. <laughs> 
I don't my my cousin's husband's a firefighter and we're we are always constantly like joking about those sorts of things right so yeah, yeah. And, and you know what like i have the calgary fighter uh, firefighters who actually reach out to get some specific hats and they're like you should have joined with us and i'm like i know i made a mistake but <laughs> 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 oh, Sharon's, Sharon's going out and coming back in. She's okay. So here's my question. Here's the one thing I wanted to ask you. Yeah, um, yeah, so around November, cause here, here's where I struggle. And I know a lot of people struggled with their, um, PTSD, you know, operation stress injury, all of that. When did you know at what, like, what was the, did someone tell you, was it something you were like, I'm not well, was it, what, what, where did that awareness come from to say, I'm, I gotta get, I gotta go. So, okay. So February, uh, 2018, my son is two months old. We are in Florida because my in-laws rent uh, condos to celebrate the retirement of my father-in-law and we're, we're, uh, kayaking and we're chasing dolphins because God loved dolphins and it's Florida and they play with you and whatever. Right. So we're kayaking and at one point I cannot go forward and I stopped and my heart started to beat and, and I couldn't breathe. And, and my wife came by and uh, she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. And I just started to, you know, I broke down. So at that point, I kind of losing my mind because I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. So uh, I went back to the condo, uh, called Veterans Affairs and said, I need to see someone, right? I really need help. Uh, and, uh, and, and I couldn't get out of that room for the next three days. So uh, at that point, I'm pretty sure my in-laws thought I was really rude but that's just life. Um, and um, so anyway, so, so, uh, I flew back, got six sessions for free with Veterans Affairs, and then the doctor says, oh, it's just adaptation. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try that, that, right? So that was the first kind of wall. And I call them wall because that's when your body says it's enough. Uh, and um, and actually, the, 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 the call that broke me down is when I had a veteran who killed himself or tried. I don't know, right? Because you cannot make peace. You don't know what, what they're alive or not. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, this is, this is not okay. Like we're doing something wrong, but I was still just projecting, projecting, projecting. And, and I think that the 29th, uh, 29th of November, 2019, when I'm in downtown Calgary and I started, I broke down in the car, you know, crying like a baby. And I put my shade on because I'm like, if they see someone, see a police officer crying in his car, they're going to say, again, he's weak. He's freaking weak. Right. And I didn't want that. So I drove back. I uh, started to kind of lose my mind, told my boss and my boss, like, oh, actually it's been two months. We're looking at you and you're off. You're not mm -hmm. the funny guy. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not enjoying life. And because I would get into whatever crisis house and I would be like French police. Right. And, and people stop, right? Like what the hell is he saying? Right. But it gives you that 30 seconds, that two seconds where you can talk to people because they're kind of off. Right. Uh, and I would not joke anymore. I would be just very, I won't say stoic, like feeling less, no compassion. So compassion fatigue, if you wish. Um, and that's when it kind of balled down, right? Uh, and that's when I was actually, that's when I started to realize that something was wrong. And it, to top it off, the husband of my boss from the military reached out to me and he's like, go, go get help. And I'm like, dude, we never talk. And he's like, yeah, but I think it will, it will you, 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 you benefit from it. Go get help. And I was like, if a guy can text me that, <laughs> And he lives 4,000 kilometers away. I should probably get help. So, uh, it, and that, that's when it all followed up, right? And mm -hmm. um, and then my wife told me that she hated me for four years, right? And and it's not negative. It's because I was an ass. I was not I was not at home. And if I was at home, I could care less. Or I was going through dissociation, which was extremely frustrating because she just thought I was not listening to her. Truly, I, I was I was gone, right? I was sitting at a 
and, and that's that's our brain function, right? The brain will find every reason possible to explain a sickness. So I'll give you the best example that I had for years. I would watch TV, and I couldn't tell which language it was. Why? I've been taught Spanish at five years old. I learned Portuguese in Brazil. I learned English at 19. So I would watch TV, and I would zone out, which was a dissociation kicking in. And, uh, and then my wife would be like, what is it? And I'm like, actually, I don't know which language it is. And in my brain, I was like, you're so brilliant that you cannot defer which language, right? Which is kind of silly. I was not brilliant. I was just gone. <laughs> right. Just just so... Mm-hmm. So all the piece kind of uh, linked up, and uh, and it was it actually was the best thing to have a diagnosis. The best thing that ever happened to me because I believe I probably have went to a divorce uh, mm-hmm. because acting like an ass without an and I don't think that piss poor behavior is a reason, and I don't think piss poor behavior right. is a reason to blame it on PTSD. But uh, there's there's some interactions that are different, right? The anxiety aspect, the stress, the anger, the irritability, irritability, that word in English, I don't know. Uh, and no, you yeah. got it. No, you got it. But I think that's so important. It's like, pay, <laughs> just pay attention. Like, because you, if you realize, and, and I know many times I realized I was checked out, I just wasn't fucking ready to do anything about it because that's yeah. hard, right? That's out of that comfort zone for me for a really long time. So it was like, I was not, I was never present. And I think at very many moments in my life, I was like, I'm fucking missing out so much right now, but I just didn't know how to, to show up and paying attention and just being like, I need to show up right now. I need to be here right now. I need to stop thinking about what's going to happen next. I need to stop worrying about what's coming and that hypervigilance piece. So I think that's massive. If you're constantly in this, like, always rat race, you know, or, or you're, you're completely checked out. There's only two extremes there. So that's, that's huge. I think if for the people that are listening to, to just pay attention, am I, am I rat racing or am I totally checked out or am I here right in this moment? And and you know what? I I agree with you. So if I, cause I took a step back in the past and be like, what was the sign that I got before I hit the walls? Right. So I gained 25 pounds after leaving the military and it's not cause I'm, I love eating by all means, but, but it was multiple things. Right. Uh, so, and I went down from four hours of sleep per night to two. Mm-hmm. Right. And then and I was like, Oh, I mean, I, I just, and the, again, the reasoning of the brain is, is giving you answer. You just don't need that much sleep to function. Oh and yeah. Well, I, I would myself, tell right? myself that too. Okay. You only need like three hours. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. And, and I mean, like, uh, some interaction where I would, uh, I would have never done in the past where I was not afraid anymore. I wouldn't care about my own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I, I had a neighbor who was and a couple of years ago who was a supportive of hell's angels and I'm a cop. <laughs> How does that work? And, uh, and he would wear his, his t-shirt for supporting the, the red machine. So I decided to just start cleaning my gun outside. And I'm like, this is when I relook at it, I'm like, this is purely dumb. Right, it's looking for something wrong, but the, the, all those examples that if you look at the book of PTSD are there, right? right? It is, it's all the example the sleepless, the, the, the like non compassion, self compassion was gone, and, and so on. But I just the, my brain found reasoning, mm-hmm. which was not a good answer, not a good reason, and uh, or spending money or feeling unsafe or being hypervigilant, and I blamed it on training or I blame it on. Uh, knowing stuff that we should not know or you know i mean like you, you find any reason to not have that diagnosis yeah 
uh, or accept it, right? Right, right. Okay, well, uh, thank you for being here. Yeah. We uh, we love talking to you. I, I think this is probably the longest podcast we've ever recorded. Sharon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it, it was is, awesome, though. It was, it was so, so awesome. Good. I think there's so much good information that people can take from this and uh, and move forward. And if you are feeling like you're alone, honestly, um, there are always people to reach out to. I know if you need to reach out, John will totally take your Instagram message and reply to you right away. And if you're even not ready for that, just um, read the book because I think that kind of is like, okay, this is someone I can reach out to because he is so sincere and he is so open to speak about um, what he's been through. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, we appreciate Thanks. you. Have a great day. Okay. Bye, and, guys. Uh, I'll put all the information where you can find uh, John going forward. Bye. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at From Uniforms to Unicorns uh, on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Speaker, all of those. Also, feel free to subscribe. You'll be notified of new episodes that come out and we always love a review. Also, feel free to share with anybody you would enjoy. We also want to send a big thank you to Jamie Green for being our podcast editor and to Jeff Bale at Third Hell Music for our soundtrack. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day, love. Lauren and Sharon.